So welcome back. Hope you had a pleasant lunch, or maybe a pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral lunch. Noticing that interplay of the feeling tones that we were exploring earlier. This afternoon, I'd like to continue that kind of diving into befriending the mind through understanding how it works. So building on the work we did this morning with mindfulness of the body and mindfulness of feeling tone, Vedana, this afternoon I'd like to move a little further away from the hub of the wheel to see the mechanisms that take us from being centered to spinning out in proliferation if there's no mindfulness. So a recap, we have the body and the breath at the center. Just outside of that, we have the sense doors and the contact, sense contact, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching the mind. And our biology that is automatically recognizing those sense contacts as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral feeling tones. We can't do anything about any of that. But just a little further out from that is the function of the mind that's known as perception. Those of you who are into the teachings, the Pali word is sanya. And this function of the mind perception is the mind's ability to recognize, to name, to distinguish, to perceive all. That's a device, that's a bell, this is a human, this is the floor, that's the sound of the air conditioning and so on. This is something we had to be trained in as as children. And one of the interesting things about perception is that it's at this point in the chain of cognition that a sense of I starts to be inserted because perception relies on memory. I know this is a bell because at some point I came to a meditation session center and they had this round metal bowl and I saw someone hit it and I heard a sound and I realized, oh, that's a bell. It's not just a bowl. And once I've recognized that it's a bell, next time I see this combination of sights and shapes and colors and textures and images, I know, oh, it's a bell. That's the basic functioning of perception. But it relies on memory and on history. And implicit in that, a sense of me back then who learned that that's a bell and a me now that knows that this is a bell. So there starts to be a sense of continuity or history. It's no longer just a sense contact and a feeling tone and so on. It starts to begin to build an identity, a formation. And so further out from perception is this category known as volitional formations. Sankaras is the Pali word. And volitional formations are refers to the way our minds tend to take all of this information and construct, concoct, fabricate, proliferate, take personally, make a narrative, make a story, complexify. So I see this bell and I think, oh, that's a Tibetan bell. What happened to my ambition to go and circumambulate Mount Kailash? 
I should get onto that because I'm not getting any older. And that, I wonder how much training you need to do. You know, you probably need to be pretty fit. And I remember my friend who got sick in the Himalayas, and she had to be carted down the hill on the back of a Sherpa, and that would be terrible. Maybe I'll just watch the National Geographic documentary instead. <laughs> so you can see, you know, we're doing that all the time. That's a silly example, but we're. I think I'm not alone. We're always spinning, concocting these stories, moving very quickly from just basic perception into some kind of fabrication, concoction, and with me, me seeing that bell and my history and my story and my fantasy and my aspiration and on and on and on. Does that make sense for people? So being able to catch perception and formation in action is a pretty powerful skill of the practice because when we see it in action we don't take it quite so personally you know most of us tend to concoct this world and then step into it as if it was real solid absolute truth but when we start to see wow this is just mental functioning feeling tones and sense contacts and perceptions and narratives and histories and all coming together to create this thing, this world, which, as I said the other night, has me at the center of it. So we tend to, in a way, the Buddha was inviting us to look at how all this gets formed. And one analogy I use is um, it's like when we go to the movies and if we're just looking at the screen... There's this intense drama playing out. Maybe it's a love story or a thriller and we're all involved and engaged. But at least in the old days, you could look back and see the projector shining through. And if you did that, you suddenly realized, oh, this is just images. It's pixels. It's colored lights. Wow. And at least for a moment or two, you don't take the story quite so personally anymore. So all of this training in the Satipatthana Sutta is inviting us to withdraw our investment in our stories and look instead at how those stories are being created. Because some of those stories may be benign, but when we look carefully, quite often they're creating suffering for ourselves or for others. The more strongly we're identified with and believing in our stories, Generally, to that extent, is the extent that we suffer. So this afternoon, I'd like us to train in recognizing perception and how quickly it gives rise to formation. We're going to do it as a written exercise. And because there's quite a few of you, this is going to involve maybe a little more kerfuffle. We'll see if we can keep that to a minimum with the logistics. So I'll describe what we're going to do and then invite you slowly and mindfully to prepare yourselves for it. <clears throat>